Jai Radha Madhava Konja Bihari Jai Radha Madhava Jaya Gopi Janavallabha Giribaradhari Jaya Giribaradha Jaya Gopi Janavallabha Giribaradhari Jaya Jamuna Tiravana Chari Jamuna Kunjabihari Gopi Jana Vallabha Giribaradhari Jaya Gopi Jana Vallabha Giribaradhari Jashodanandana Brajajana Ranjana Jashodanandana Brajajana Ranjana Jashodanandana Brajajana Ranjana Jashodanandana Brajajana Ranjana Yamuna Tiravanachari Yamuna Tiravanachari Jaya Radha Madhava Kunjabihari Jaya Radha Madhava Kunjabihari Jaya Radha Madhava Kunjabihari Jaya Om Vishnupad Pramhansa Pribraj Gichaja Stotra Sutta Shri Shimad His Divine Grace Srila Bhaya Charanarvindam Bhakti Vedanta Swami Maharaj Srila Prabhupada Ki Jaya Grantaraja, Srimad Bhagavata Mahapurana ki jai, Sri Sri Radha Kalachanji ki jai, Sri Gaur Bhakta Vrinda ki jai, Nitai Gaur Pramanande Haridu. All glories to the assembled devotees, Hare Krishna. All glories to the assembled devotees, Hare Krishna. All glories to the assembled devotees, Hare Krishna. All glories, all glories, Sri Sri Guru and Gauranga. Glories to Srila Prabhupada. 
Hare Krishna, thank you very much everybody for attending this morning's Bhagavatam class. Please repeat after me. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Ajnana Timirandasya Gyananjana Shalakaya Chakshuran Militam Jena Tasme Shri Gurave Nama Shri Chaitanya Manobhishtam Stapitam Jena Putale Swayam Rupa Kadamajam Dadati Svapadantikam Vancha Kalpa Trubhascha Kripasandubhya Evacha Patitanam Pavanebhya Vaishnavebhya Namo Nama Nama Om Vishnupadaya Krishna Prishthaya Bhutale Srimate Bhakti Vedanta Swaminiti Namine Namaste Saraswati Devi Gauravani Pracharine Nirvisheshishinivadi Paschatidishatarine Nama Om Vishnupadaya Krishna Prishthaya Bhutale Srimate Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Tinamine Srivarshabhana Videvi Deitaya Kripabdaya Krishna Sambandha Vigyana Daine Prabhave Nama Madhurya Jvala Primadhya Shirupanuga Bhaktida Shri Gaura Karuna Shakti Vigrahaya Namastate Namaste Gauravani Shimurte Dinatarine Rupanuga Viridhapa Siddhanta Dhvanta Harine Jaya Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadadhara Shivasadi Gaura Bhakta Brinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Jai Ghantaraj Shumad Bhaktama Purana Ki Jai, Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. Today we're reading from Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 1, Chapter 5, which is entitled Narada's Instructions on Srimad Bhagavatam. What was text 22 today? Is that what text is on the board? 21, okay. So we'll do text 21. So please repeat after me. Twam Atmana Atmanam Evehi Amogadrik Parasya Pungshaha Paramatmanaha Kalam Ajam Prajatam Jagataha Shivaya Tat Maha Anubhava Abhyudeha Adhiganyatam Tvam Atmatmanam Ehevyamoghadrek Tvam Atmatmanam Hevyamoghadrik Parasya Pungshaha Paramatmanaha Kalam Parasya Pungshaha Paramatmanaha Kalam Ajam Prajatam Jagataha Shivayatam Ajam Prajatam Jagataha Shivayatam Mahanubhavad Bhadiyodhiganantayam Mahanubhavad 
महानुभाभिदयो अगीनयता महेव्यमोगद्रे पर पुंश पर अजंग प्रजातम जगतः शिवायता महानुभाभुदयो अधिघन्यता प्लीज रिपीट तमात्मात्मानमेव्यमोगद्रेक परुंशा परमात्मनाथकलाम अजं प्रजात जगत शिवाय महानुभाभ्युदीगण्यताेव्यमोगद्रेक पर अहं प्रजात जगत शिवाय महानुभाता योर सेल्फ आत्मना बाय योर ओन सेल्फ आत्मा द सुपर सोल इवे सर्च सर्च आउट Amogadrik, one who has perfect vision, parasya of the transcendence, punshaha, the personality of Godhead, paramatmanaha, of the supreme Lord, kalam, plenary part, ajam, birthless, pajatam. have taken birth jagataha of the world shivaya for the well being that that maha anubhava of the supreme personality of godhead shri krishna abhyudayaha pastimes adiganyata describe most vividly translation please repeat after me your goodness has perfect vision you yourself can know the the super soul personality of godhead because you are present as the plenary portion of the lord although you are birthless you have appeared on this earth for the well-being of all people please therefore describe the transcendental pastimes of the supreme personality of godhead sri krishna more vividly so again the translation is your goodness has perfect vision you yourself can know this super soul personality of godhead because you are present as the plenary portion of the lord although you are birthless you have appeared on this earth for the well-being of all people please therefore describe the transcendental pastimes of the supreme personality of godhead sri krishna more vividly purport by his divine grace shila prabhupada ki jai shila vyasadeva is the empowered plenary portion incarnation of the supreme personality of godhead sri krishna he descended by his causeless mercy to deliver the fallen souls in the material world the fallen and forgotten souls are detached 
from the transcendental loving service of the Lord. The living entities are parts and parcels of the Lord, and they are eternally servitors of the Lord. All the Vedic literatures, therefore, are put into systematic order for the benefit of the fallen souls, and it is the duty of the fallen souls to take advantage of such literatures and be freed from the bondage of material existence. Although formally, Sri the Rishi is his spiritual master, although formally, Sri the Rishi is his spiritual master, Sri Vyasadeva is not at all dependent on a spiritual master, because in essence, he is the spiritual master of everyone else. But because he is doing the work of an Acharya, he has taught us by his own conduct that one must have a spiritual master, even though he be God himself, Lord Sri Krishna, Lord Sri Rama, and Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. All incarnations of God accepted formal spiritual masters, although by their transcendental nature, they were cognizant of all knowledge. In order to direct people in general to the lotus feet of Lord Sri Krishna, he himself in the incarnation of Vyasadeva, is delineating the transcendental pastimes of the Lord. Om Jnana Timirandasya Jnana Shalakaya Chakshurun Militam Yenatasme Shri Guru Venamaha Namam Vishnupadaya Krishna Prishthaya Bhutale Shrimate Tamal Krishna Goswaminatana Hare Krishna Shri Prabhupada once said, or a number of times said, that if we just read Canto 1 of the Srimad Bhagavatam, it contains everything that we need to know to actually go back home, back to Godhead. So what is this big arrangement that we should go back home, back to Godhead? The arrangement is based on the nature of our soul. Our soul has three essential elements that are intrinsic to the soul. One is eternal life. The soul always existed, is existing now, and will always exist in the future. It's indestructible. It cannot be in any way affected in a way that will diminish its glories. It's ever glorious. It is actually described by Krishna in Srimad Bhagavad Gita as amazing. Every soul is amazing. Even if it's the soul in a amoeba, in a bug that's on this floor right now that we cannot even see, in the indragopas or the, you know, the germs that are flying around in the atmosphere that we cannot see with our naked eyes. In them, in every one of them is a soul, and each of those souls is amazing. And this amazing feature manifests in three ways. One, that it is indestructible, cannot be killed. It is always going to exist. Secondly, that it always, it's always cognizant, means it's always aware, fully aware. Uh, it does not require any further knowledge to actually uh, do the third thing, which is intrinsic to it, which is be blissful. So the nature of the soul is to be blissful, to be full, fully cognizant or have full awareness and to always have life to be alive, you know sometimes in English we say to people get a life, you know like that and so this is actually the soul this is the nature of the soul so this soul is very amazing and so because it is amazing it is not going to feel bliss unless it is in an amazing atmosphere just like for us, we may be amazed by different things. We might love different things. So in some atmospheres, that amazement becomes manifest and actually becomes very vibrant. We're really excited. Like what are some of the things people become very excited by? It's just like when they're in that situation, they're very excited. What are some of those situations you can think of? Huh? 
Super Bowl, yeah. People really get excited by Super Bowl. Even the President of the United States of America is going to be putting an ad in the Super Bowl. Can you imagine that? How excited he is. That even he's excited. He's the President of the United States of America. Yeah, very true. Yes. Stock market. You can see that. Like there's a frenzy in the stock market. You know, people are glued to the stock market. They're people who just, their whole life is based on watching the stock market <laughs> and planning to see it the next day after they've seen it today. <laughs> so they get very excited by that. Yeah. What are some of the other things people are really excited by? These are not the biggest things that people are excited by, by the way. There's some things that are even more exciting to people. Having a boyfriend, yeah. Or a girlfriend, right? Being in love is very exciting to people. Amazing. How many stories have been written that are love stories? How many stories have been continued to be told that are love stories? How many movies have been made about the stock market compared to how many stories have been made about love? You can see that, right? Food. Food is big, right? Some people live to eat. All they're thinking all day long is, what am I going to have next? What's going to be the next thing that I'm going to be able to put in my mouth? What am I going to enjoy? So these are things that people get very excited by, right? And so what are the things that make people bored? They think, well, I don't like that. I don't, I don't think I want to be any part of that. What are some boring things in this world that people are not excited by? Huh? Spiritual discussions, yeah. People fall off to sleep in Bhagavatam class, right? They hardly attend any Bhagavatam class. They don't listen to Srimad Bhagavatam. People it's boring. And spiritual life is boring. Material life is where it is, right? People say that. I go to the temple. I'm already making, like Bill Gates says, I'm already making a lot of money. Every minute I make more money than, you know, wasting my time in a temple and, you know, doing what? What's the value of that? In a minute I can make more money than you can all make by going to the temple in an hour. <laughs> what else people get bored by? Huh? Yeah. They find it boring, right? Working, cleaning. These are all boring. Who wants to do that? For children, school, right? Boring. Why well, want to go to school? I'd rather play all day long. Why go to school? Why study? You know? So things like these are boring to the, to the living entities, right? So the Krishna knows this. Krishna knows this. Therefore, in the spiritual world, there are no schools. Because everybody already knows everything. They don't have to go to school. They don't have to clean. Because everything is absolutely spotlessly clean all the time. They don't have to sit down and clean it now. It may become dirty, now I have to clean it up. They don't have to go and get a job so that they can find their next, you know, a slice of bread. <laughs> you know. They don't have to do that type of thing. Krishna knows that. These are boring things. Okay? We might say, well, that's not boring. Now you might say, but what about spiritual life? Spiritual life is boring. Let me tell you, Krishna even thinks that is boring. <laughs> Can you believe that? He thinks that's boring too. In fact, I'll prove that as a statement. I just read that yesterday. Yesterday is January the 31st, as you know. Today is February the 1st. And so, Prabhupada, on January 31st, 1977, in a conversation, this is what he says. He says, uh, the, he's talking about the gopas and the gopis and his mother and his father and the cows and the trees and the rivers and the birds and the insects and the blades of grass in Golok Vrindavan. This is who he's talking about. All right? So I'm giving you a little bit of history, what this word they means. So he says, then he says they. So they means all these people who are in Golok Vrindavan. Alright? So he says they are the topmost devotees. These uneducated, without any town life, cowmen, you know, cowherds, you know, all they do is all day long they go out and they take care of the cows, you know, in the forest. They walk the cows to the forest and then walk them back in the evening. <laughs> okay. 
They are Krishna's best friends. Unsophisticated. No education. But love intense. That is perfect. That attracted Krishna more. This is from his conversations, January 31st, 1977. So we can see, right? So what is this big deal about going back to Godhead? The big deal is that that is where the soul feels the greatest excitement. And the greatest excitement is in this emotion of love. Everything is really about love. This whole world runs by love, by the way. In fact, the scientists just figured out there's some type of particle. They've given a name. It's a nice long name. I can't remember it. But you can look it up. There's a particle in the air that's everywhere, every atmosphere. Whether the air is there or not, the particle is there. Even if there's no air, the particle is there anyway. So the particle is all existent. Personally, I think they're describing the particles of light from Brahmajyoti, you know? Because Brahmajyoti is everywhere, right? Even if something is missing there, air might be missing, anything might be missing there, but Brahmajyoti is going to be there. Right? And so these scientists have figured this out, by the way. It's not, this is not Hare Krishna telling this story, okay? These are scientists who don't believe in spirituality. They don't believe in transcendental subjects. They are saying, there is a particle out there in creation. It's everywhere. And this particle can only be affected by love. That's what they're saying. Well, that's really hard to believe. The scientists have come to that conclusion. That the only thing that affects these particles is love. And if you have love, then those particles will make the arrangements for things to happen. Automatically. Just your love can manifest. Amazing, amazing things. And all the amazing things in this world actually are, are actually manifested by love. Now they've come to this conclusion. So actually, in Golok Vrindavan, this love is manifested in the most exciting way. And Radharani, who actually knows love the best, by the way, nobody knows love better than Radharani. She's the greatest lover of Krishna. She's the one who has the most amount of love. It's called Maha Anubhava, you know, like that. So, uh, uh, so she actually says that the most important uh, quality of love is wonder. Wonder. How you know we say it's wonderful. You know? So love is impregnated with this element of wonderment. It's wonderful. You you wonder about things, you know? You know, you think about it. When you love when you fall in love with someone, right? You do wonder about them a lot, right? In this world, they use another word. They use the word uh to have, forget the word now exactly, but, uh, you know, if you're always thinking about something and you want to know more about it because it's mysterious, there's a nice English word for it. Anyway, I'll catch it at some point. Uh, but, but actually, in our scriptures, it is described by Radharani that actually it is wonder that is the most important element of love. Of course, love cannot exist without free will. So it is true that love is founded on free will. Without free will, there cannot be love. And this is why Krishna has given everybody free will. And free will means you can't do the wrong thing. If you can't do the wrong thing, that means there's no free will. right? So recently, we can see there's this virus that's going around that's really on people's minds, right? Because right now, all over the world, well, mostly in China, about 300 million people have been infected by it. You know, So it's actually, it is a pandemic. They've not declared it because they don't want people in the world to worry and you know, become all of concerned about it. But the fact is that this thing is going to kill the most number of people in recent history that's, you know, that's known to us. Because we can't remember the previous pandemics and plagues because we were not there really at that time. 
many millions of people died. At that time, the population was much smaller. Now the population is much larger. So, but people are really concerned, right? What's going to happen to me? Let's go and buy a mask. I'm going to put a mask on me so that hopefully it won't happen to me. And they've, you know, they've made it very clear the mask cannot protect you. No matter how strong that mask is, it's not going to protect you because there are going to be times when you're not going to have the mask on or the mask may shift a little bit and one little gap it goes through. In fact, they say it can even penetrate the material of the mask and go in anyway. You know what I mean? Plus, we know from Ayurveda that digestion doesn't happen from the mouth. Digestion happens from the fingers. The moment you touch food, 10% of the digestion has already happened. 10% of the work has happened. That's why the Vedic system is to eat with the fingers. Because the digestion starts with the fingers. You see what I'm saying? So, so if the virus... So you can't put a mask on the fingers, right? How are you going to put a mask on every one of your fingers? You put a glove on, you know, but the thing will penetrate the glove. It will get into your hand. It will slide into your finger. Anything can happen. They say it comes through the eyes. Well, the mask doesn't cover the eyes, right? comes through the eyes, they said this thing. Now, if you think about it, how many people will it kill? Maximum. Might kill a few million people, you know? Maybe about, say about 40, 50 million people. That's going to be big if that happens. Kill, not infect. Infect is one thing, but kill. All right? And how many people die by death? 100%. Okay, so you have a virus here that kills 1% of the population, maximum. By the way, 1% of the population would mean um, 770 million? Yeah. 770 million? No. No. 77 million. Right? If 7.7 billion population, let's say 8 billion population, so 80 million people would be 1% of the population, right? 80 million times 100 would make it 8 billion, right? Math, math, math. Yes? Yeah. Okay. So, so it won't kill 80 million people. I don't think it's going to kill 80 million people. Kill 80 million. I don't think it's going to do that. But let's assume it does. That's 1%. But 100% die by death. What kills people? What is the virus that kills people 100%? There's a virus that kills people 100%. Sorry? No. A lot of people die before old age. So old age is not 100% killer. Hatred, no. People die loving also. 100% are killed by material life. 100% of every person dies because of material life. So what's the biggest virus on this planet? Material life. Now that people are not ready to see. No, I'll dive into the material life. Just like those Chinese in Wuhan thought, we're going to eat wild animals. Even though it's clearly said, it's not the right thing to do. Because this virus came how? It came through the bats. The bats came to the snakes. The snakes were eaten by these guys in Wuhan, or gals also, I'm sure. And the coronavirus started. Okay? Now, we all know, we're told, don't eat animals. No meat, no fish, no eggs, right? It's there in the scriptures. All right, so, uh, the point is, you can see how the virus comes in, right? It comes through material life, right? There are people in this world who say, I'm not going to follow the principles. You can tell me whatever principle you want to tell me, I'm never going to follow them. Why? Because I am God. Nothing affects me. And then when coronavirus happens, they run for masks. They run looking for masks. In China, you can't find masks because the masks, the masks are all sold. They're all sold out. You can't find masks in the United States of America. I just heard the other day, they've sold out on the masks in North America. People are hoarding masks because they think that's the solution. So what's the mask? It's patchwork, right? It's patchwork. You have not really sorted out the virus by putting on a mask. There are other things you have to do. You have to make sure you drink clean water, you keep your immune system strong, you take some of these nice medicines. Maharaji the other day put it on the on face on, on the uh, 
WhatsApp group. If you make these types of things with this, this and that ingredient, then you know, I can pop that in your mouth and you can be protected from coronavirus. So you've got to do all these types of things. You can't just patch it by putting a mask on your nose and your mouth. Similarly, you can't patch material life by education, uh, uh, wealth, uh, you know, all these opulences that are out there, right? You can't patch. And people, that's what the patches they're looking for. Everybody's run, running for education. Everybody's running for wealth. Everybody's running for beauty. Everybody's running for power. Right? Like that. They're running for these opulences. They're killing themselves with the opulence. You see what I'm saying? They'd rather put the mask on their mouth than stop eating the food that they're not supposed to eat. Do you think majority of these people are putting masks on their mouth? Do you think they're going to stop eating meat, fish, and eggs? Do you think they're going to stop drinking uh, liquor and uh, you know intoxicants? Do you think they're going to stop gambling? Do you think they're going to stop chasing? You know, men, women, dogs, cats, animals, everything—they chase everything for sex. You see what I'm saying? It's, it's patchwork. For us, there is no patchwork. For us, the acharyas have given very clear instructions. Number one. Be very compassionate. Understand, everybody is suffering in this world. Whoever's in the material world is going to suffer. We can see this in the example of uh, of uh, uh, Vyasadev. Vyasadev is literally the incarnation of Krishna himself. He's God. He was suffering. After he wrote the Vedas, he was suffering. And by the way, his whole purpose of writing Vedas, he clearly stated in the Vedas, the only purpose he wrote the Vedas was so that everybody will know that Krishna is the supreme personality of God. <laughs> and so that everybody will become attracted to know Krishna and his pastimes and therefore become Krishna conscious and become truly happy. That was his purpose. And still he was not happy. Still he was not happy. So then his spiritual master, Narada Muni, comes to him and explains, Hare Krishna, welcome. Comes in and, 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 and says to him, but you have not really delineated the pastimes of Sri Krishna properly. You didn't focus on Krishna's pastimes. So what's this big deal about Krishna's pastimes? Janma karma chame devyam yome veti tattvataha. Krishna says that when you hear about his pastimes, when you hear about Krishna's pastimes, the soul will become excited. Why? Because that's the very thing the soul wants to do. <laughs> when the soul hears about Krishna's Rasalila, the soul wants to dance with Krishna. Just like the gopis did in Rasalila, the soul also wants to dance. Because Krishna is its greatest lover. He wants to dance with his lover, just like in this world you said, right? We're looking for boyfriends and girlfriends. Why? To dance with them. To drink with them and be merry. To eat, drink and be merry. That's why you want to do that. And of course, associate with them in different ways for different things. But that's what it is. It's the dance of life. It's excitement. So that's why Narada Muni is telling Vyasadeva, you're miserable right now because he was miserable. He came in Narada Muni saw him, Narada Muni saw in his face. You know, you can tell when a person is miserable, right? You know, what does their face look like? How can you tell from the index of a face? This person's not happy. What does the face look like? It looks sad, depressed, looks a little shriveled up, right? Morose, yeah. It sort of feels dark. It's not bright. Feels dark, you know. Even it's a, you know, a person with a, a bright skin, but it still looks dark. You see. So when Narada Muni came and saw Vyasadeva, Lord Vyasadeva, God Himself, He said, "Why are you so morose? What's up? Why are you so unhappy?" He says, "I I wrote the whole Vedas." I, Delineated the whole Vedas. I'm not happy. I can't understand what's happening here. <laughs> so Narada said, well, I can tell you what's happening. And this is the only real medicine for coronavirus. This is the only real medicine for material life. 
for any virus. It will kill all viruses. You will never get a virus again in your life. You will be immune from all viruses if you hear the pastimes of Sri Krishna. Because these pastimes are full of amazing, amazing things. Amazing things. You can't even believe some of the things that happen in Krishna's pastime. You read about them, you think to them, wow, how can this even happen? <laughs> you know? You become excited. And that's what the soul wants. It's looking for excitement. That's why it works hard to make money so they can use the money to do something that's going to be exciting. It's looking for excitement all the time. So, actually, uh, if we are compassionate to others, then what will happen is that we will, Krishna will actually allow us to feel his compassion that he feels for everyone. He loves everyone. Everyone is his child. He says that. He says, sorry, he says, Aham Pradapitaha. I am the seed giving father of all divinities. He loves his children. He loves every one of us more than we can love ourselves. More than everybody in creation can love me, Krishna loves me. And that's true for every one of us, but I'm not talking about me. I'm just saying it's true for every one of us. <clears throat> the second thing Krishna, the Acharyas say, is that be tolerant. This world is a place of misery. It's a place of instability. Dukhale Sashvatam. Tolerate it a little. Just like when you're in the ocean, if you tolerate it, you can have good fun inside there, right? You think those guys who go scuba diving, who do so many, you know, snorkeling, and whatever else they do in the ocean, do you think they're miserable? Do you think they're doing that so that they can become miserable? Do you think the ships that are plying from one country to another, carrying thousands and thousands of tons of, you know, stuff, to move stuff from one place to another place, do you think those people in those ships are unhappy? Yeah, the work might be unhappy, but they're happy to do that because it's going to give them a lot of money so that they're going to become very happy. Money is the honey of life, right? After all. <laughs> this is the, you know, the virus has elements of the virus. The elements in every virus. So the element of the material virus is money is the honey. You know? These are the types of elements that are sitting in the material virus. So we have to be tolerant. And in our case, we sort of get angry and so unhappy with the smallest pinprick. Some small pinprick and we're already angry. We're ready to kill somebody now. And the worst thing that we can do because we're not tolerant is we offend others. And particularly if we offend devotees, well, that just goes and shuts the door to the material world. Slam. Bang! Can't open it. There's no lock system that you know that opens that door. You know, no combination will work now on that door. It's slammed shut. It's the worst thing anybody can do is to offend a devotee, offend anyone for that matter. Krishna is not happy. He says that in Canto One at one place. If you offend any of my living entities, I will become unhappy. So how do you think he's going to take you back to Godhead if he's not happy? So be very tolerant. Learn this idea of tolerance. In fact, the more you tolerate, you will see the more great things will happen in your life. Miracles will happen in your life if you tolerate. Jesus tolerated the pain when he was being flogged down the street with that heavy cross that he was carrying, a crown of thorns on his head, sweating blood. He was tolerating it, right? Was he complaining? Were you saying, oh rascals, what are you doing to me? Why are you flogging me? Why are you putting this huge cross on me? Why are you putting this crown of thorns and I'm bleeding like anything? Can't you see? Can't anybody come and help me? Was he saying all those things? No. What was he saying? He was taking the names of Lord. He was chanting the holy names of God. He was remembering God. Even when they put the spear through his heart, which is a hard thing to bear, okay? A spear going through a little pin on our uh, skin and we start feeling a lot of pain. Spear going through the heart, that's a lot of pain. What's happening as the spear is going through his heart? What is he saying? Oh Lord, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Look at how much he tolerated. And then what did he do? He came back from the dead, right? I mean, that's a miracle. To walk out of your grave after you've been buried? You know, was it the third day? I think it was the third day, right? Any former Christians or present Christians here? 
I think it was the third day. Imagine being dead for three days and then walking out. That's a miracle. See how miracles happen? The more you tolerate, the bigger the miracle. How much do you think Prabhupada tolerated? He tolerated a lot, right? The first people he met in the United States weren't the top-class cultured people of the United States. They were, spiritually, but not materially. He tolerated them. You hear stories of how he ran out of his apartment because the person who was staying with him in his apartment wanted to kill him. <laughs> so he had to run out for his life. <laughs> Save himself. The type of things he tolerated. In the morning, when he had to take a shower, there were devotees who got up before him and they'd be, and there's only one shower, so they would queue up before him and Prabhupada would join the queue. He had to wait his line. Time in the line. <laughs> Hard to imagine, right? It's a fact. It's actually a fact. He had to clean up after everybody ate. People didn't have even the idea he's cooked for us, served us. Shouldn't we help him clean up after we've eaten? And we create the mess and tell him, you please clean up. Nice meal. Thank you very much. We're out of here. Let's enjoy the next big thing. <laughs> Talk about how much he tolerated. He tolerated having not enough food. In India, it is said that he got a meal every second or third day. He got a little cup of milk every second day. That was his condition that he got into at one point. Because he had nothing. He had nothing. In fact, I saw on a picture of him, a photograph of him. <clears throat> you know how when people are really, really, really depressed, they'll have dark lines form underneath their eyes. Very dark, you know, under their eyes. They're called sunken eyes, like that. His ring went down below his cheek. That's how dark it was. You can imagine the amount of stress he went through. But he tolerated it. He didn't blame anybody. He didn't point fingers and say, that one was for my father-in-law kicked me out. And his father-in-law did kick him out of the house, by the way. He said, you useless son-in-law, I can take care of my daughter and your, and your children. What are you going to do? You get out. Literally. His whole family abandoned him. He tolerated. He didn't complain. He lost his most beloved Srimad Bhagavatam to a tea seller. Just so his wife can have some tea and biscuits. See what I'm saying? So much he tolerated, right? He wrote the whole Bhagavad Gita by hand, by the way. The whole Bhagavad Gita that we're reading now, he wrote by hand. And got stolen. The manuscript got stolen. Can you imagine that? Tolerating all that? He tolerated so much. How much do we tolerate? The moment someone says anything bad about us, my enemy, I'm just going to wait for some cold, uh, what do you call it? Uh, revenge. Right time, I'll do the revenge. They call it the cold revenge, you know. Don't do it while there, it's hot. Let it cool down, then you do your revenge. <laughs> That's what we're like. So what miracles are going to happen in our lives? <laughs> the only miracle that's going to be happening is going to, we're going to be running for masks looking for something to stop us from the coronavirus that's going to be called a miracle <laughs> we found a mask miracle of miracles we found a mask <laughs> so the second thing is we have to be tolerant the third that Acharyas say is that we should read the books, Prabhupada's books like that Acharya's books scrutinizingly, read it so that we make it part of our life. Pay attention to what's being there. Be in the scene when it is saying what it's saying. Imagine that you are there and you can see it. Visually yourself. Sensually in every way. Like that. Scrutinizingly read scripture. Because scripture actually is the pastimes of Krishna. That's why the Srimad Bhagavatam is most important. Because it describes the pastimes of Krishna. Read about these pastimes. Finally, fourth thing, but it's not finally, the fourth thing the Acharyas say is that you should chant attentively. Clarity over speed. You know? Uh, 
uh, one should uh, one should uh, uh, have quality over quantity. Quality chanting. Well, quality chanting doesn't include quantity in it because Prabhupada was one to ask, what does it mean to have quality chanting? Prabhupada didn't answer for a while. They kept asking, asking. Prabhupada said, quality means you chant all the time. <laughs> Just like if you love something, you want to do it all the time, right? You love eating? You like eating all the time, right? It's not like you think, oh, eating is boring. Eating is never boring because you love eating. Whatever you love is not boring, right? So chanting is not boring, so you should be chanting all the time. And how do you chant all the time? Well, you chant the Ma Mantra, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, 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 Hare Hare. But also, if you do everything only for Krishna's pleasure, that is called chanting. So determine in your life that every moment of my life, everything I'm doing, oh Krishna, I'm doing it only because I love you and I'm doing it to please you. Now, yeah, some of the things you're going to do may not please please Krishna. You know that yourself. You know full well. If I offend somebody, that's not going to please Krishna. But offer it to Krishna because sooner or later Krishna says, Dadami buddhi yogam tam. I will give you the realization in your heart, stop some of these things and continue some of these things and add these things in and you're going to become an excited person. You're going to be really excited. Krishna will take care of us, just like a loving parent shows the child how the child can become happy, right? The child can't figure it out on its own. <clears throat> you think children can, you know, get their own education, stuff, figure it out on their own? Get a job, make some money, go and study in kindergarten? <laughs> Preschool? <laughs> no, they're reliant on the parent. The parent takes care of them. Krishna is our parent. He's going to take care of us. Be fully confident of that. You know? But if we chant his holy names, if we're always thinking about him, we don't ever forget him, then we're going to have excitement in our life. That's going to give us real excitement in our life. And you're going to do the greatest things. If you're going to make money, you'll make a lot of money. You become famous, you become very famous. You want education, you'll have the best knowledge. The best of everything will come to a person who chants all the time. This is proof. All the people you see in the Srimad Bhagavatam, name anybody in the Srimad Bhagavatam, who was a great person, every last one of them chanted a lot, including Brahma himself. He couldn't create, by the way. So his spiritual master came and told him, you chant. He chanted. And then Krishna came. Then everything started in the material world in terms of creation. So he couldn't even create an amoeba, a blade of grass, before he chanted. There's a whole story, I, I might tell this story again one time, I've told this story often, about Mahabharat, how it was Krishna's Sudarshan Chakra that killed everybody, right? So the Acharyas say, it is the holy name that makes everything happen in this world. Everything runs by the holy name, because the holy name is pure love of Krishna. You remember the particle that the scientists are talking about? If our love can make a particle move, what about Krishna's love? <laughs> now that particle is really going to move, right? And Krishna's love comes in the form of the holy name. That's Krishna's love. Manifestation of his love. And that's what we're all chasing anyway. Love of food. Love of uh, clothing. Love of jewelry. Love of fame. Love of wealth. Love of power. Love of renunciation. Love of beauty. This is what we're all chasing all the time. Love of peace. <laughs> this is what we're chasing all the time. It's love that we're essentially chasing. And finally, the fifth thing is that the Acharyas say, do it in a mood of cooperation. Humble mood of cooperation. Be humble. Understand. I'm only an insignificant entity. Very insignificant. Just like right now, we may think the bug on the floor, there are many billions of bugs, by the way, on this floor. We brought the right equipment, we can show you those bugs. <laughs> you might get shocked, thinking, wow, how many bugs there are on this floor. <laughs> we may think that each of those bugs is insignificant, right? But the fact is, each and every one of us are equally insignificant. Equally insignificant as the bug on the floor. Be humble. If you have humility, 
Krishna will take care. Just like the baby is humble, right? Mother takes care. The baby doesn't say, swear to the mother and say, you so-and-so, <laughs> and you know, you ugly-looking person, or whatever, you're fat, you're skinny, or you're too tall, or too short, or too white, or too black. <laughs> the baby doesn't go like that to the mother. You ever see babies yelling at the mother? No, they're screaming because they want the mother's milk. They're not yelling at the mother. You see what I'm saying? So our point is that we remain humble and we remain joyful. Now we've come to know this. Now we've come to know that Krishna is our greatest lover. He wants to take care of us. If we just let him, he will do everything. He will do it anyway, but if you let him, he'll do more. So now we know this, we should become joyful. It's just a matter of moments before we're back again in Godhead. Back again in Golok Vrindavan. Which is the place of excitement. Which is why all of this is being done. So we can go back home, back to Godhead. And then cooperate with one another. Because in cooperation what happens is we learn to deal with people. We become personal. Because the two big evils in this world are impersonalism and voidism. Remember in Prabhupada's Pramantra it says that Namaste, Saraswati Devi, Gauravarni Picharine, Nirvishesha, Shinyavadi. These two are the twin evils. Impersonalism and voidism. And what is the solution? Gauravarni. Gauravarni is the solution. And what is Gauravarni? Krishna Katha. The holy name of the Lord is Gauravarni. So for us, these are the five things. If we do this, then no virus will affect us. Even if it takes our body away, the virus takes our body away, our soul will be happy. The soul wants to get rid of the body because the body is actually the disease on the soul. Just like sometimes our bodies have diseases on them too, right? And we want to get rid of that disease. So similarly, the disease on the soul is the material body. Not the spiritual body, the material body. But the soul wants the spiritual body. Why? Because through the spiritual body, it can do amazing things. In the material body, it's trapped. So it can't do those amazing things, so it cheats to do them. That's why cheating happens in this world. The soul is trying to do something that the body is limiting. So the soul wants to go past the limit, so it cheats. So our idea is, let's get back to our spiritual bodies. Then we will be completely happy. Hare Krishna. I'm going to stop here, ask if you'd like to say something, ask any question. Yes, Prabhupada. I'll repeat the call because you don't have the mic with you. Go ahead. We have a devotee and we love that devotee, yeah. We're really helping the devotee. And we have problems in our compassion? We have a lot of tolerance in compassion, yeah. For some reason, that devotee cheats us, yes. What should our... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because they've hurt us, should we continue to be compassionate and tolerant? That's a very good question. Uh, in fact, I had that situation happen. And I gave an answer. And it got posted online as a really bad answer. You know? This person was complaining. Look at this guy. He's talking like that. Because what I said was that if I am going to be cheated, I'd rather be cheated by a devotee. <laughs> That's what I had said in the class. So, so this person said, look, and you know, I was the chairman of the GBC at the time in North America, the GBC committee. And so people said, look at what the chairman is saying. What a rascal, right? He wants to be cheated by devotees. You know? I didn't say, I want to be cheated. I said, if I am to be cheated, I'd rather be cheated by devotees. So if a devotee cheats you, one, should, one thing you should know is that you're going to get very special uh, points in the spiritual world for being tolerant about it, first of all. Okay? Because if they cheat you, basically all they've done is they've given all their credit to you. That's what happens, actually. All their credit comes to you 
for a price that you paid. Because when you got cheated, what did you get cheated out of? What did you get cheated out of? Mm, no, 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 no. Yeah, that comes later. But initially you got cheated out of something. It's not love. Nobody gets worried about cheated out of love. If you love a devotee and they don't love you back, you don't feel like you got cheated out of love, right? Well, what did they do to you that makes you feel cheated? What did they do? To anybody, what do they do so that the other person feels cheated? They take your money away, right? They steal your money. Okay? Alright, money. What else they might do that makes you feel cheated? Ah, very good point. Trust, see? They breached your trust. You said something to that person in confidence, that person went and told somebody else, that person's now hitting you on the head for something you said or did. Right? So you feel cheated. Why do you have to go and tell somebody else? You rascal. You're my friend. I love you so much. And you went and breached my trust. Very true. What else you get cheated for? Position, right? You might have a position and the person went and told somebody, now you lost your position. You got cheated from your position. You see what I'm saying? Now, would you also agree that the money that you lost was temporary? Temporary? You can make money back again? Any problem? No? You can make a lot of money in this world, by the way. Especially if you cheat. And then, they say the biggest money makers are the biggest cheaters, by the way. That Prabhupada said that. It's also said in our scriptures. So, now, the, then the second thing you got cheated by was trust, right? Can you win trust back for yourself? After you've lost it? Yes, you can. It takes a little while, right? It's not easy. It's not easy. Once people lose trust in you, to win back their trust is not easy. But you can. People have done it again and again. Okay? Can you win back your position? Or even get a better position? Has happened to people. You know? The president of the uh, rather uh, Paris Ishwar temple in, in, uh, in France, uh, he had a disagreement with his GBC, so his GBC fired him as a temple president and told him, you cannot come to this temple anymore, you're banned. But he loved the deities so much. For 14 years, every day he came in front of the road and paid his obeisances to the deity. And there, the situation is such that if you open the main door of the temple, you can see the deity from the street. You see what I'm saying? So as soon as the temple door opens, you can see the deity right from the street. So he would pay obeisance to his deity from the street for 14 years every day. Today, he's got a much bigger position than temple president in France. Right? And the GBC is nothing now. Who was there? He's nothing. He's out. <laughs> see? He won his position back, right? And a better position. They say when one door closes, a bigger door opens. Always that happens. If you keep yourself right, it'll happen. So in a sense, you can see what they cheated out of you was temporary. But by the way, they gave you their spiritual credit. And their spiritual credit is permanent. So in fact, it wouldn't be a bad idea to go around telling people, please cheat me. Please. There's a lot of benefit in this. I tell people in a different way. I tell people, please criticize me brutally. Because if your criticism is false, I get all your spiritual credit. And also I get to look at myself and ask myself, should I now become a better person? I should become a better person, right? Why don't I try to become a better person? I do a lot of training with business people. And I tell business people, like, you know, in our culture it is said, you should breakfast like a prince or princess. You should lunch like a king or a pauper. And you should dinner like, I mean, you should uh, lunch like a king or queen, and you should dinner like a pauper. So I tell business people, for you, you should breakfast on criticism. You should have criticism for breakfast. Your business will become very big. Any business that allows itself to be criticized, to be corrected in its processes, in its product, in its service, will always do better. In fact, businesses pay people to criticize them. To tell them what's wrong with their product, what's wrong with their service, what's wrong with the delivery, what's wrong with whatever it's to do with their business. Get the idea? Why don't we do it? We get hurt so quickly when somebody says something bad about us. It's like, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> I'll be the unibomber. Bomb the heck out of you. <laughs> no. Just the opposite. We should be very happy if someone criticizes. And if somebody praises us, we should be very concerned not to allow that praise to go to our head. Give that praise immediately to 
the spiritual master, to the other devotees, to the deities. They're the ones who deserve the praise. I'm less than the insignificant bug on the floor. What praise should I be getting? How many people go around praising the bugs on this floor? Have you ever heard anybody come to the temple and look down the floor and say, man, that bug, so nice, thank you very much. You're in the temple all the time. I have to leave the temple. You can stay here all the time with Krishna. You're so fortunate. You get to hear the holy name. In Kirtan 50, you heard all this Kirtan, and I didn't even hear all the Kirtan. You're much better than I am. How many people praise like that, the bug? But do you think the bug deserves that praise? Yes, it does. It's sitting in a temple of Krishna. I don't sitting, I'm not sitting in the temple of Krishna all the time. I'm out doing my nonsense most of the time. And yet I'm looking for praise. Please praise me. Please say some nice things about me. Then you're a nice person. Because you said something nice. Bad person if you said something bad. <laughs> Just the opposite. Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur says, if someone criticizes you, know that they're your best friend. And if somebody praises you, you should know they're your enemy. Because the praise goes to your heart. It goes into your mind. It doesn't go to the heart, but to the mind. The mind becomes proud. Then offends others, right? Shut the door to the spiritual world. Type. <laughs> yes, brother. Does that make sense, by the way? Yeah. Yes. Ancient Stoics and priests, yeah. If someone criticizes you, they, you should thank them. That's what ancient priests and Stoics were saying, right? Yeah. They would thank them for pointing out their faults, yeah. So they can improve themselves, yeah. Yes. Oftentimes when you win, we're not reflective, yeah. But when you lose, we're very reflective, right? We watch that thing on video. Where did I make the mistake? What could I have corrected next time? Yeah, you're right. We ask for improvement. Yeah. Yes, yes. We can see even Christian scripture. I say a lot of Christian things because we're in a Christian country. You know, the United States is mostly a Christian country. But in Christian scripture, it is said, Blessed are the, blessed are the meek and humble, for they shall inherit. For they shall inherit. Meek and humble will inherit. And Prabhupada said, the secret of success is a humble attitude of service. Humble attitude of service. Service is expression of love. So this is what it is. So yeah, thank you. Wonderful. It's amazing how much we can learn by sharing with one another, right? Just being around one another. Everybody has something to share. And by sharing these things, we all become better persons and better devotees. First you have to become a better person. Prabhupada said, first you have to be conscious, then you can become Krishna conscious. <laughs> so first become a person, then you can become a devotee. You know? But we're not personal, we're so impersonal. We're voidists, you know. That's our nature, because those are the twin horrors of this world. The twin uh, uh, monsters of this world. Hare Krishna, thank you very much. Uh, now we'll go out and have some nice prasadam. Mercy of the Lord, Vanchakalpa, Tirvischa, Kripas and Dubyevacha, Patitanam Pavnebhya, Vaishnavebhya, Namonama, Anantkuti Vaishnava Brindaki Jai, Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. Shigora Bhakta Brindaki Jai.